0: oh dave you've gone we've lost you mate because <laughs> I, I, I turn the you camera off dave sorry we've, we've lost you how do i turn my camera off
1: if you just touch the screen in there should touch be the a t- screen you'll see a picture I've of the gone. camera you just press oh, yeah. that.
0: <laughs> no we <laughs> <laughs> can also see your leg dave <laughs>
2: That could,
3: oh
0: that could have been way worse that could
2: have been
3: way worse i was not expecting wow. to get foot porn here like, I was-
4: mike i'd like to apologize on behalf of all of jersey for what you just saw there i'm so sorry
1: <laughs> dave, <laughs> dave right. i thought to- toes were the worst exactly
4: thing. exactly were
1: the worst things <laughs> yeah. in the
4: world mike is this the first podcast where anyone's ever exposed <laughs> themselves to you
1: I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I
3: must apologize. Uh, Anyone, anyone with a toy face
5: should be immediately put on sex offenders' register. Probably arrested. So I do apologize.
3: You guys made me a promise that this would be like a major shit show, and you are you are delivering. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, but guys, we, you, did we did you. it! Thank you, boys. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> the funny thing
5: is, it's never deliberate. It just seems to happen.
3: <laughs> no, but that's the best. You can't fake it. You just, all you can do is get a bunch of lads on a Zoom together and watch the shit just go, go apart. That's all you can
4: do. Uh, you're in the right place.
1: What's up, everyone? I'm Shafi Malik and you're listening to the Who of the Popcorn podcast. The premise is simple. One of us picks a film that we know the others haven't seen. And we all come together here to discuss it. Joining us tonight is Dave McHugh. Konnichiwa. Andy Newlands.
2: It's just a guy, he's girl. Wrong song, wrong song. That's <laughs> the wrong song, mate. Yeah, the joke,
5: isn't
1: it? <laughs> Whoever gets I'm that
5: joke, I'm impressed.
1: By the way, Mike, that's a Jamiroquai joke, if you <laughs> didn't notice. And I, to, I feel like I have to explain the joke, sorry.
4: I actually did recognise it, so we're here. <laughs> this is outrageous.
0: Uh, and Kyle Hammond. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Is it a monster? <laughs> wow. And tonight
1: we have a very special guest today. He is the host of the Action for Everyone podcast and the Moses of Action Twitter community, all the way from Utah, USA. The man, the myth, the legend, the amazing, the most excellent, Michael Scott.
3: Oh no, they say he's got to go. God, God, Godzilla. <laughs> yes, yes, Michael <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 What's up, guys? Hey. <laughs> uh, how are you today, Mike? I am doing very well. Thank you. I'm very excited to be uh, joining you, lads. I will, I, just so fair warning, I will slowly adopt uh, your slang and your term. <laughs> over the of this podcast. So it's just what I do. I, I absorb language. So I uh, will start with lads. Very happy to be joining you.
5: Keep the accent, though. We'll always keep the accent. It sounds better. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, if you don't understand any of us, just say, and we'll try and sort of, <laughs> would try and sort of go put it into Google Translate for you. And, uh, and <laughs> yeah,
5: the co- no Cockney rhyming slang,
1: especially Kyle. Kyle's from the north. I mean, we barely understand him ourselves. So, uh... if, if you've watched Game
0: of Thrones, man, you'll be fine. <laughs>
1: um, so yes, yeah, so for, to the viewers, if you're not familiar, but I'm guess. I'm guessing that you are very familiar with Mike. He is podcasting royalty. Um, I'm sort of a bit starstruck, so that's why. Um, Do de- excuse the nerves, but um, yeah. So, Mike, you host uh, the Action for Everyone podcast. Do you want to tell the viewers uh, about your podcast?
3: Sure. So, uh, Action for Everyone's a weekly podcast. I am joined by the great, the the wonderful, the brilliant Vice Victus, and um, some. Fucking douchebag, the director <laughs> I see Liam O'Donnell. Um, no, I, I love Liam. I'm joined by Vice and Liam, uh, and every week kind we to talk about uh, the newest, what whatever new action movies are out that week, new trailers, news, and it's kind of just designed to be. You know, there's so many horror podcasts out there that talk about horror and stuff and and there just isn't that many that talk about action particularly like DTV and streaming action and so we kind of wanted to uh create something like that uh and uh so yeah we just we get on we shoot the shit uh we try and highlight some you know good movies that maybe people aren't seeing in the action arena and uh mostly you know spend an hour and a half busting each other's balls it's a (laughs)
1: Um, and it really is a great, it's a, it, it is it uh, is an amazing podcast. So uh, I'm going to start talking about the podcast and Mike, hopefully this won't make you feel uncomfortable because it probably will feel like I'm blowing smoke up your ass. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so I, I think it was about the end of 2020-ish. I kind of came across the, the podcast when it was called Adkins Undisputed. And I was thinking, oh, so it's basically, it presented itself as a fan podcast of Scott Scott Adkins and um, I I thought well you know I I, I like Scott Adkins so I'll I'll give it a try and what I didn't prepare for was how fucking good the podcast was because so what how it was regarding when it was the the previous format was that you would you know introduce the film you would sort of talk about um, all the credits of the film and all the people sort of linked to each film. So basically, yeah, sorry, each episode you go through a, a title from Scott Adkins' filmography. So, yeah, so you start you start kind of talking about the credits and, and, and so forth. Um, then you actually talk to the man himself about his uh, experience with the film. Um, and then you have, bring on what you call your champion, which is basically a guest where, and both you basically talk about film and it it you know there's kind of they they last for about the episodes last for you know around about two hours and it really feels like you're listening to an audio essay of the film it's like uh you get into such detail I remember listening to and it's not just about the the Scott Adkins film that you know you you kind of digress and you know you you talk about you know, the the genre that it sits in and the kind of the people that are involved as well. And it sort of feels like a mini film school. Um, I remember listening to you talk to Matt Acery. He came on to talk about Unleashed. And basically, you know, you start talking about Hong Kong films uh for, for about you know an hour or so and I was just what one thing thing is that I thought I kind of had like knowledge on sort of Hong Kong and like martial arts films like from the from the 80s and 90s and I was listening like, kind of completely blown away and I was like taking notes because you know <laughs> other, other films you were you were were mentioning and um, our
0: Eastern Condors episode was Shuffy talking for two hours and I was just kind of nodding (laughs) on Zoom Yeah, yeah. I I was ripping off Mike though I I was was
1: Mm
3: -hmm. ripping off that episode yeah you ripped it off well though because that was a great episode (laughs) and I had a ball. that's that's,
1: that's good to hear Um, so yeah so now what's happened is that and um, you've changed the format of the show and the title of the show called action for everyone and as you said it's a it's a weekly uh to sort of catch up on everything that's happening in the in the action genre and it, i i love the sort of the mentality of the podcast because the title is called Action for Everyone, and it sort of opens our eyes onto, you know, what action movies provide for people that, you know, you wouldn't really sort of interact with day to day. So there was one episode where Vice Victus, one of, your, one of the co-hosts in the show, he was talking about how each Michael Bay film kind of provided um, like an, an insight into how he was and his experience with the military, and how he felt about America in general, um, you know. And and then you had Stefano della Cuenta, I think am I pronouncing their Western. name right? Um, uh, they were talking about because because they're a trans person. They, they were talking about how you know uh, Zack Snyder films helped them kind of uh, understand their own identity and so like those are two filmmakers um Michael Bay and Zack Snyder which if I'm being honest I haven't really sort of got along with but hearing that um kind of just you know provides an insight to kind of a couple of filmographies that like I wouldn't sort of think sort of twice about so um you know it really so I have to kind of give you hats off to providing a platform. That can do that, really. So
3: well, and that was sort of our. So when I started Adkins Undisputed, I I really wanted to try and make it an inclusive space. You know, again, horror—not the horror and action—are are at odds, but horror is is so often championed for being this inclusive space. And action is so often regressive, right? I mean, our heroes are fucking Steven Seagal and Chuck Norris and and people like that. But the thing is, is over the years, you know, I, for those who don't know me and we don't get very, you know, I don't get political on the show very often. We don't, I'm, you guys don't get political, but I am extremely left of center. And, um, and so I, I'm sitting here reconciling, okay, I love these regressive movies, but I am not a regressive person, at least I hope not. And I can't be the only one. And over time, I have met many, many people who are the very same way because we can all come together in the joy of watching Scott Adkins kick somebody in the face. The pure <laughs> physical beauty of watching a talented martial artist kick somebody in the face is is universal, you know, regardless of yeah. how the movie's and, and so I wanted to we, you know, Liam was really the one that pitched this idea. Uh We wanted to create something where people, yeah, gay people, women, trans people, minorities, whoever could still feel like they're heard and can also enjoy in the great art of cinematic ass kicking. And we're going to fuck up at some point down the road. I know we will. I absolutely <laughs> know we will. Um you know but we're gonna keep trying and we're gonna keep trying to make that space where that fills and keep trying to highlight stuff you know we did uh we all went off we i got to introduce liam to uh my beloved war with uh tiger Shroff and goes for you know yes and and, and and his mind was blown by what indian cinema is doing right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. and so we're, we're gonna keep trying to do that uh again we're not gonna be perfect we were we're, you know, vice is is black, but Liam and I, if we were any whiter, we'd be transparent. So, you know, we are <laughs> still coming from a position of privilege when we're talking about these movies. So that's why we do want to try and elevate voices that aren't our own and, and we'll keep trying to do that but um and also for those you know wondering yes Adkins Undisputed is coming back it's still under the umbrella I just as you mentioned Shafi part of the reason it's so good is because it takes me 20 fucking hours to do an episode (laughs) and I haven't had to do it yet um and so but it is coming back I do have some episodes banked I just need to do the intros and the research so I'm gonna finish that project uh I don't I don't want to leave it halfway done but um but yeah, thank you for all those kind words. That that really means the world to me, man. It, it you know, you and I have we go back a couple of years now. We we met right around the time I started Adkins Undisputed, and uh, you know, your friendship has been one of the high points of my last few years. So I really appreciate you saying that,
1: mate. Big awesome. up,
3: awesome, awesome, right, chef. You've never ever said anything
4: that nice to me, and I've known you for <laughs> decades. So, do you want to give a little five minutes feel well, on me and then carlin the- No, no, let's let's have the conversation. Well,
2: never
4: Andy, where, like and where's, then, where's your? If you fan want to podcast? finish off with what is the vision of our podcast? Because I've no idea. I don't know what we're trying to achieve here. So, <laughs> let, let's hear it. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Um, wow, well, I, you wait, wait for you to start a podcast, Andy, and then we went to nursing family, met Santa well. Claus together,
4: we walked hand <laughs> in hand <laughs> into, into last week. That didn't mean oh, anything to me
1: because I don't celebrate Christmas. So <laughs> <there you go>. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, this podcast <laughs> is just it.
0: our WhatsApp group. But in a podcast <laughs> form, however, Shafi has stopped recommending film to us because he's got them all banked for future episodes. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. he just doesn't oh, recommend know, yeah, films yeah. anymore.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cheers, Shafi. Thank
0: so, you. So, so Mike, before the podcast
1: started, what I would do is whenever there was like a great <laughs> film showing on like uh, on one of our channels, like Film 4, I would basically go, oh, my God, you guys got to watch this. Oh, this film's amazing. Da-da-da-da-da. I kind of go on a big spiel about it and no replies, no responses whatsoever. <laughs> so basically this podcast is me forcing them to, um, to, very, to, very, to, to watch the films. Very so. cleverly
3: like making them watch the movies. Well done, sir. I, yeah. I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, High class level of manipulation there, sir.
1: <laughs> but also it's nice to see Andy and uh, Dave fight over, their favorite <laughs> films as well. That's, uh, that's always well, fun <laughs> to listen to. So anyway, um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so just another thing. So one thing is that um, you've said on a few podcasts I just wanted to sort of talk about is um, you talk about that you've got a tradition that every Halloween you watch The Crow. Is that right?
3: Every Devil's Night. So every, every October 30th, because it takes place on, oh. on the night before. So Ooh, every October Devil's 30th. God. I watch the crow. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Have for, I don't know, 20 years. Um, it, it- so what's
1: the, what's the tradition talk us through, talk, talk well- us through what you do.
3: So devil's night there's not really that much tradition. I mean I, I watched the crow on October thirtieth I'm doing tradition. I thought well. you put your makeup on and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't. Uh, I used to. I mean I have I have done crow cosplay before, but it's been uh, awesome. No, I mean You should so, have turned up tonight in it. <laughs> <I, I, laughs> I Andy mean, you was know, gonna this? dress
1: up as Godzilla <laughs> tonight.
3: Um, Brandon Lee, before Scott Adkins was my favorite actor, Brandon Lee was my favorite actor. Um, and and I was a big fan even before he died. Um, you know, showdown, low Tokyo, rapid fire, two of my favorite movies of all time. He died on the side of the crow. As soon as he died, I dove headfirst into the crow. I tracked down the old comics. I've actually got an original issue two signed by James O'Barr. Um, whoa. And so then when the movie came out in 94, I flipped shit. I, I probably saw it eight times in the theater countless more wow. wow. when it came out on video and, and because so much of that movie, like the idea of Devil's Night and it being the night before Halloween and just the whole goth atmosphere, it just – it feels like a warm blanket to me to watch that movie. And so I, I just – I've always watched it every October 30th Um and I'm always – every time I watch it, I just – I never get sick of that movie. I I just – I I still – I've probably seen that movie 50 times and I still find – new things that i enjoy to pull out of it and so it's it's one of the few halloween halloween traditions i sort of stick with my my newest tradition is on october 31st i actually watch um adam wingard's the guest that i've done that
1: oh
3: oh my shuffy and dave just my, jizz over we've that got film a, a we've <laughs> got it
1: we, that's we've got to somehow we've got to do all that together then we've got it <laughs> on halloween we should all watch the Let's guest Meet
3: together. up in Vegas. <laughs> let's meet up in Vegas. <laughs> I, no, I, dude, I'm I'm I it's a lot longer for you guys, but I'm sick of it. Vegas. I can be there. I can be there in no time. Um, <laughs> well, sounds- oh yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my oh, god, that oh, sounds yeah. that
1: sounds great. So yeah, I mean that's, that's that's we should we should I know I guess with the UK we don't really go all out on Halloween, but um, we should do some sort of tradition like that. Yeah, the guest,
4: the the guest
1: uh, on on Halloween's night sounds great. Andy, have you seen the guest? Uh,
4: sorry, I've only seen the Men in Black trilogy in every film you guys have <laughs> yeah, told yeah. me to watch on it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, So yeah, Mike, if you ever need, I've t- I've told this to Lindsay when she was on our podcast, but um, if you ever need uh, an expert on the Men in Black trilogy uh, for your podcast, um, <laughs> you can invite Andy. He uh, he'd he's he's the the biggest expert on on men and black the men and black films
3: i say always find your niche and steer into (laughs) it right just find that niche (laughs) and steer right into it
1: (laughs) that's that's
3: the the nicest way of saying what the fuck i've ever heard
4: thank you very much i I appreciate your
1: kindness yeah in other words you're the most basic bitch (laughs) (laughs) um, i've I've been to replace you yeah. Um, nice. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think we should we should uh, do that on Halloween. Uh, another uh, one of your favorite films. You've said on sort of many podcasts before. And I think you recently. i oh, sorry. I don't know. I can't, can't remember the name of the podcast. But you appeared talking about Gross Point Blank, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, my friend Matt Bledsoe's show, Film Feast. I uh, I was on talking about Gross Point Blank, which is yeah, one of my. Easily one of my 10, it, it's weird. I said this on the show. It's, it's one of those movies. If you were to ask me my favorite movies, I almost never remember to bring up gross point blank. And then I watch gross point blank and I'm like, Oh fuck, this is totally one of my favorite movies. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it's one that's so in my DNA uh, that like, like even like professionally, I have to wear a suit to work and, and suit and tie and stuff. And even like the way I dress is right out of. Nice. <laughs> it, <laughs> nice. it, it just, yeah. And so um I I love that movie and, and I'm so <laughs> thankful that Matt let me spend two hours talking about that r- just ridiculously awesome movie.
1: So, Mike, do you, out of that soundtrack, do you have a favorite song?
3: Separating the soundtrack from the movie, it's uh the pogue's lortus Novenas" Um that's... used in the movie, it is absolutely Queen and David Bowie's under pressure because the way that song is used in oh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Just... So that that's when he's holding the baby is it's that when right, he's holding
3: the baby and he's looking at the baby and you get Bowie kicking in. Like like it's just it's edited and it's timed perfectly for that song. Um nice. the Pogue song is is like standalone that's my favorite song in the in the soundtrack.
1: The question for Dave here. Get, guess what my favorite song of that soundtrack is?
5: From Gross Point Black.
1: Yeah. Gosh.
0: Mirror we in the Bathroom. Sorry. You got it, Kyle. Really? Oh, so, yeah. I love that song. Once. Yeah. Yeah. Love that
1: song. So uh, basically, yeah, uh, we. Uh, the English I've beat...
5: actually seen the beat together, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, sorry.
1: so the, the English beat came to Jersey, and then yeah. I, I said to Dave, I said, man the beat are coming to to Jersey. Do you want to watch them? And you're like, I don't, I don't know who they are. And then, uh, and then I remember like playing you that scene of, of, uh, you know, yeah. And reminding you of that song. And, and yeah, we ended up going to the gig. Yeah. Yeah. And they play that in the encore as well.
5: I've always thought that's one of the coolest scenes in cinema history. So he, he, John Cusack goes to his old locker, finds an old spliff, kind of crumbles it up in his hand. Then Benny the Jet comes around the corner all of a sudden, tries to kill him with a gun, fight, mirror in the bathroom, awesome fight. I just think that is one of cinema's greatest moments. I really do. I I actually
3: made that argument on the episode that it's one of the greatest fight scenes of all time. It's it's um, so good. Uh, and it's because, brutal
5: as well. What's the end? Oh. Because
3: it's it's short. It's brutal. It comes from out of nowhere. Uh, there's no lead up. There's no posturing. You know, literally, Cusack's at his locker. Benny comes <laughs> around the corner and they fucking just go. You know, there's no like old Kung Fu <laughs> movie like posturing or they're like, <laughs> it, they just go. And the whole thing only lasts about 90 seconds, but it is hardcore. And And you have the extra layer of... Cusack actually knows what he's doing because he was trained by Benny the Jet. So. It's actually Cusack doing his own. It's Cusack and Benny the Jet doing their own fighting. So you get clear face shots throughout the whole the whole thing. Um, it's it was very funny. Speaking of the beat, that until I met friends from the U- made friends from the UK, they were always just the English. I had no idea they were just the beat. And, and <laughs> once they came over here, they're like, "Oh, American producers are like, oh, we got we got to add the English beat here," you know. Uh, <laughs> So, so whenever oh. somebody says the beat, I'm like, "Wait, is that the band that did Mirror in the Bathroom?"
5: <laughs> yeah, because it's like a, it's almost like a horror film, isn't it? Because he sort of, if I remember it correctly, he sort of closes his locker and he just appears, like it almost like a jump scene from yeah. a horror film. I might be getting that slightly wrong.
3: But I just No, know you're. Go, whoa, sh- shit, whoa! It it literally comes from out of just yeah. out of nowhere, and, and yeah. You- you're feeling good because he's just hooked up with Mini Driver, and you're yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And then all oh, oh, no, fucking Benny the Jets just there, and it's a fight to the death. It's great. Oh, no,
5: don't kill me now. Yeah, I'm about to get laid. Don't kill me tonight, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might up late and watch that
5: tonight. Oh, what a yeah, film! Yeah, it is. A,
1: it's a great film. It's an awesome film. Okay, great. Um, so okay, let let's get on. I mean. I can't really think of a segue to, um, from, to move from Gross Point Blank to Shin Godzilla. So I'll just ask you, Dave, could you quickly do your Godzilla impression so that we can move on to Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ah! No, just <laughs> oh.
5: Why did you bottle it? come on, do it again. No, I can't. I can't. i you're going to do it. Ah! No, it's not there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what was that? I don't even know. <laughs> I used to was. be able to do it, but I can't quite commit to it. I don't know what it is. I had a long <laughs> day at work today. I don't think I'm quite there. <laughs>
0: He used to... The, the, hey. the, the neighbours hate him oh, anyway, man. man. They'll fucking hate him even more. <laughs> Start screaming Godzilla noises. I actually
4: thought Mike had just fucked off then and be like, fuck this. Uh, I, thought
1: Mike, I thought Mike was like, well, Dave's bottled it, so I'm just going to leave. I'm, just, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah.
4: I just saw him get up and walk away, and I thought, well, that's it. We had royalty for 20 minutes. We fucked it up. Never mind.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so trying. yeah, oh well that's fine. That I mean a te- I remember a you at
5: time. I remember it was awesome.
1: during the for, for the nineteen ninety-eight film, you used to do that impression at school a lot. So I think then that my voice I,
5: broke um... and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> what, when you were 16. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 so I'm still it. waiting to go for puberty I don't know if my microphone will pick it up. It's a hallmark ornament that makes <laughs> <laughs> <Is> <laughs> serious <I don't... laughs> yes oh awesome kids my
5: childhood that's 80s childhood right there that's awesome
1: awesome great okay so uh let's start with the film so right here's your warning we'll be going into heavy spoilers so if you haven't seen the film we suggest you watch the film before listening to this here's another warning the film that we'll be discussing is japanese so we apologize if we mispronounce any names involved in the film we're sorry Mike has chosen 2016's Shin Godzilla, uh, written and directed by Hideaki Anno and co-directed by Shinji Higuchi. The film is a loose remake of the 1954 original Godzilla movie as the iconic monster wre- wrecks havoc in Tokyo, Japan, and focuses on the government's attempts to deal with this disaster. Uh, so um, just to let you guys know that Mike basically gave me uh, a list of films and they're all great, but a lot of them we because we're UK peasants, we can't we don't have access to <laughs> we don't have access to most of these awesome <laughs> films. So um but Shin Godzilla was the one and, and the thing is is that I was quite excited about that choice because uh even though I could say I could kind of confidently say I'm familiar with Asian cinema, I guess, um kaiju films is sort of like a big blind spot for me. So it's good to be sort of introduced to this, but Mike, what's your history of this film? Why was this on your list?
3: Um, so I am Godzilla and Bruce Lee are kind of, I I've told this story on, on other shows, but I have an uncle who was uh, not terribly older than me. You know, he was 17 or, or when I was born. And so he was like 22, 23 when I was five and he and my aunt were my kind of babysitters and because he was that age in the 70s and early 80s he was all into star trek and godzilla and bruce lee films and martial arts films and stuff and so he kind of helped shape me into the person that i am and so godzilla has been with me my whole life And, and like things that are like that you 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 fall in love, you fall out of love, you take some time off, you come back, you know, you do, you sort of ebb and flow as it goes. But when this one came out, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Gareth Edwards, the 2014 Gareth Edwards uh, American version. Um, and then this came out and knowing that it was directed by Neon Genesis Evangelion's Hideaki Anno, I was like, I got it. This is going to be bonkers and so you're, you're um,
1: sorry to interrupt you're a fan of uh, neon genesis and then as well then
3: i am i am um and and Anno's one of those directors that a lot of times i think i kind of respect more than i actually like a lot of his stuff uh but i i like that he's just he's 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 like david lynch he's working on a level of creativity that so few other directors actually are um and so when i found out he was doing a a Godzilla movie, Um, you know, as soon as it was available for me to see here in the US I saw it Um, and I am you know, my favorite Godzilla movie is the 1954 original and they've tried to sort of redo that in various ways and this was the first one that I really felt like nails that same vibe Um, and so yeah, when I saw it, I just, I flipped shit for it And, and so it was one of those that when you asked me for suggestions, it was one of the first ones I thought of because oh, nice. uh, I I really you know I don't I don't we and I have no idea what you guys thought of the movie, but for me it's it's a movie that I think is really special. I think especially because and we'll get into this more the time it was made post the Fukushima reactor yep. meltdown and the earthquake, which is exactly what the 1954 original does. You know the yep. 1954 original yep. is wrestling with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, there's just a lot going on in this movie that I think is really special. So that that was kind of why I wanted to introduce it to you guys, and and you know, hopefully, uh, if not, whatever, you have terrible taste, but hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we do. <laughs> everybody, everybody can kind of at least see why I like the movie, even if, yeah. if they don't. You can see why I might like the movie.
1: Uh, thanks, for that Mike. So Andy, we're gonna do if I asked you to recap the film, but it's going to be different because it's going to be, Oh my
4: God. What do you mean? Well, it's (laughs) going to be
1: a collaboration between me and you because you're going to do the recap of the film, but I'm going to provide the soundtrack of the film. It sounded
5: a bit like Simon Says by Farrah Monch at times. I was like, wow. I was like, Godzilla's just like, fuck you. Fuck (laughs) you. The wrong song, mate. No, 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 sorry, no, no, no. Okay, So, So, Andy, would you like to start? I don't remember you know, any of
1: those lyrics, lyrics in this film. Sorry mm. about that. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. What, what's
4: going on? You're going to rap over this. I'm not going to I'm not going to rap. I'm going to do the like Godzilla
1: theme. I'm going to do the Godzilla theme while you uh okay. while you do. Just to make, give a dramatic
4: effect to it, that's all. Okay, all right, all right, sounds. Hey, 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 what's that you see? It's Andy's Articulate Analysis. All right, so basically this film is a Godzilla <laughs> film, and um, what happens oh, is there's, there's some nuclear waste um, at the bottom of the sea, <laughs> and there's some nuclear fishing going on, and it creates this insane lizard-like... Fucking hell, I didn't even know what was going on. Like, so you've got this this if anyone's seen Fraggle Rock, right? Godzilla comes out and he's like this turtle has had sex with a snake, that's had sex with a sock, which has been on Fraggle Rock, and he's like he's cruising around the city, and you're like, what the fucking kind of Godzilla shit is this? So I'm like, This is this is a nightmare. And then like I've just come out of like maybe ten ten meetings in, in work that day. And then I was like, I felt like I'd been in another twelve meetings by the end of the film. So I was like, what's going on? So basically, the normal stuff happens. You know, Godzilla fucks shit up, and there's lots of meetings going on, and there's like the government's <laughs> getting involved, and there's US oversight, and then and then um, and then uh, you know they try and like give it. Like I think there were like twenty trucks full of slush puppies, so they tried to make it pole so it like doesn't move or whatever. And then um, yeah, some fighting stuff going on, and and then um, then that's it. Then the film ends. So the film ends, and I rang Shafi and then I was like, look, I don't know. But that's it, Shaff. The film, film ended. That was Jeff, Jeff. So the film, the film, the film ended. And then I was like, "Oh, chef, mate, I'm not sure what's happened here. I think like Jen's put something in my tea. I've never (laughs) seen a Godzilla (laughs) film like this again." So then I rewatched it after doing a bit of research. Uh, It's one of the best Godzilla films I've ever seen. So, (laughs) so how many Godzilla
1: films have you seen? Four. (laughs) (laughs) All right, okay, that's all right then. Um, Yeah. So, uh, because I didn't uh, know
4: about, I I learned so much from this movie. I didn't know about the morphing Godzilla, the fucking, the tail, fucking having a face on it and all the rest of it. The subplot, I didn't know any of that because I've only watched Men in Black. So <laughs> it was amazing for me just to watch a Godzilla film. And I've been thinking about Godzilla non-stop I went on Amazon today and bought a load of toys for my kids because they need to get into Godzilla. So... I love this movie. This is a really, really good movie. I I mean, you need, you need, you need to like. (laughs) like, You can't like. There's so many people out there that are worried when they see the little little Godzilla like at the (laughs) beginning. They're going to be thinking, "What the hell is this all about?" You just got to get through that and then rewatch it.
0: I proper started laughing when it just appeared on screen. It's basically a turd <laughs> with googly eyes, man, isn't it? I thought it was a joke. Was like, is, this,
4: is this Mr Socko from WWF <laughs> or something? I was like, what is cruising around the scene? But he's <laughs> awesome. And that tail yeah. thing, we need to talk about the tail later, because that's blown my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's the very last
0: nice scene of the film, man, yeah. Yes.
2: We'll
4: get to
0: that.
1: I couldn't yeah, yeah. believe it. I
4: was like, what's
1: going on here? Like, yeah, pretty, that sounds uh, scary. Insane. So, okay, so firstly, I just want to commend you, Andy, because usually when you have an opinion on a film, you're quite stubborn about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're quite stubborn about it. And the fact is, I have to respect you for rewatching the film and um, and being more open minded. So that's that's uh, a big respect to you for that. Um, Mike, I just want to say I really, really enjoyed this film. I really yeah. did. So good choice,
0: man. Yeah, good I did choice.
1: as well. Yeah, great film. <laughs> um, I agree. Okay, so yeah. We, so as you tell, we all like, like this film. Um, so Dave, yeah, I think you probably watched it the most recently out of everyone. Yeah, give us, give us your take. Mike's
5: decision to choose it. That's the reason to choose a film, isn't it? That's perfect. That's why this pod is kind of, not unique, but I, I like that style. It's like, I love this film. I want you guys to watch it. And even if you don't like it, I still want you guys to watch it and it's just perfect. So this is a film I probably would have never got around to watching, but I absolutely loved it on so many levels and it is freaking awesome, frankly. Like it really, I really enjoyed it and I want to watch it again because I feel like it's one of those ones that has so much plot. I tell you what, it was almost exhausting, like reading the subtitles yeah, as well. Because yeah,
4: yeah. like, it's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> this is really yeah, hard, I didn't have the subtitle version.
1: Yeah, I had, I had so, dub so, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for the viewers, so Andy and Kyle I watched the dub version. Um I'm Michael. Not through is, choice, Mike's though. Probably, not through
0: choice. Yeah, not through no, no, yes, choice. Yeah.
1: So Mike's familiar with um probably um the subtitle version, I'm guessing. Is that right?
3: I've I've seen both. Um no. But I totally get the the subtitles. I mean, the, the, you know, one of the things. So if you look at the making of this, Anno literally tightened up the script so much because he wanted it to feel like an Aaron Sorkin script. He wanted it to feel like a social network. And yeah. so everybody is talking so fucking fast and there's so <laughs> much dialogue. And so if you're not if you're not super used to reading subtitles, I mean it can be really overwhelming uh because they're also throwing up names and titles of all the characters. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So yeah. going and so it, it's there's a lot of ways I, – I am very, very anti-dub for live action uh, most sure. of the time. This is one movie where I actually could legit say, yeah, maybe for the first time, check out the dub. Uh, <laughs> because it's a Funimation Ooh. dub, and so it's not it's not a bad dub. I, I don't think the, – the voice actors are pretty good. Um, and so for the first time, it, it's not a terrible way to check out the dub first because the subtitles come fast and furious in this one.
0: So, yeah, the I mean – with that, I rented it on Amazon and there was no choice. There was just the film. So I clicked it and then I was like, where are the subtitles? Oh, fucking hell, it's dub only. And for 10 minutes, I texted these guys saying, oh, for fuck's sake, it's dub. And for 10 minutes, I was just like in a bit of a mood. But then to be honest, it's fine. It stopped noticing it after 10 minutes. Yeah, I stopped noticing it, to be honest. It was yeah, fine. Yeah. So, it was yeah. well, no, because
5: it's like, I just want to stress that I'm, I'm so glad I watched the dub version. It was, it was heavy, but I'm, I'm so glad because it just, would have driven me spare but I always felt like I remember in blockbusters when you went to film and someone and the person behind the (laughs) counter had to say "Uh, you do know this is dubbed yeah and I'd always sort of be a bit upset but like yeah it's all right because obviously people would return a film my say I'm saying, you know, This is dumb. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not here to read. I'm here to watch, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's all right. I know this film is going to be in subtitles. I don't mind, and so I was. I was happy to watch it in subtitles, but I was just like, wow, I really have to concentrate and stay alert for this. And but it was. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I watched that version because it, it, I would have found it a bit strange. And you know, when I when I finally watched the undubbed version of Hard Boiled, it became one of my favorite films of all time because. It went from one of the, arguably the greatest action film ever made. And when I saw the sort of version, the extended version with subtitles, it went to one of the best thrillers I've ever seen as well. And it's just unreal. So I would never, ever, ever watch a dub film again after that. And I'm so glad that I put the effort in. And it was just, honestly, two hours of pure joy. I absolutely loved this film. Loved it.
1: Um, so just a quick digression. I th- yeah. M- Mike's probably more familiar with anime than the rest of the group, but I would say anime works quite well regarded with dub. I think. Um, how about you, Mike? Do you watch, do you watch it with subtitles? Or what, I what, what do you typically
3: think? actually watch dubbed anime because it's animated and they don't animate it to match the the face. The, I know that the dub versus sub in anime is a big thing um, for me. I think that the Funimation dub team that does most of the, the anime here in, in the U.S. and the U.K., uh, they, they do a terrific job. And uh, in a lot of ways, you know, Cowboy Bebop's one where I actually – Yeah, yeah. Western, they that, they? yeah. The, the Western dub is better than the Japanese. Yeah, yeah. yeah, track. yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed, yeah. So, but live action it's more tricky because you actually do have mouth movements that just don't match and we all tend to remember the old, you know, Shaw Brothers dubs and and stuff mm-hmm. like that and uh and especially those of us that got into Hong Kong cinema in the 90s where you got truly a true, you know, I, I remember the very first like dubbed version of hard boiled. I saw Chalian fat was Australian. (laughs) You
2: know,
3: just kind of like, that's not, but, but you know, modern dubs aren't terrible. I'm still very pro subtitle and, and I do think it's worth the effort, but for a movie like this, where the dialogue is so fast and it's so dense, I, I don't, the only reason I would recommend the dub is just because I don't want somebody to miss out on what I think is a truly amazing movie just because they get 10 minutes in and they can't keep up with the subtitles. Uh, my wife is a perfect example. I love her to death, but she didn't grow up watching subtitled movies. And so a lot of times she's like, I just – I don't have it in me to try and you know, – I've trained myself to sort of view the full screen and I can take what's happening and yeah, the yeah. language yeah. – in at the same time she can't she has to look up and down and look up and down so this is one with her i haven't watched this one with her but this is one with her where i'd probably watch the dub with her first because i want her to watch googly eyed turd godzilla and not be distracted (laughs) um Fucking Hideaki Anno, man. What a goddamn genius. He's like, I'm going to make Godzilla a, a character that we all know who is an iconic figure, and I'm going <laughs> to turn him into a turd with googly eyes before we get to the iconic Godzilla that we all know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I remember seeing that. Uh, I, was, I was seeing that. I was thinking, oh, this is probably another. They've started with a different monster. and you know, like, That's but exactly
4: then- what I thought. I was like, this yeah. cannot possibly be When's Godzilla. Gone? This is yeah, Godzilla's yeah. lunch. I, didn't
1: I know I was this was a reboot,
0: yeah. Well. I had no idea it was a reboot. I thought, oh, Godzilla's going Godzilla to right. come and fuck this guy up and then, because he comes to save the day. Like, I've not seen loads of films. Well, I've, he's a good guy, but is he now? I don't, I don't really know. He's um, Godzilla, yes, like, it's a that, good guy? I've
4: always deemed Godzilla as, as um, the saviour of humanity. And then I'm like, well, maybe that's because I've watched too many American books.
5: He's a complex character, misunderstood, I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, I, yeah, so I guess the how he's been like portrayed, I guess, Regarding Japanese, the Japanese way and the American way, I think the American way have sort of made him more, they've attempted to make him more heroic, heroic where the, the Japanese, well, I, from my understanding, anyways, that the Japanese versions mainly kept him kind of villainous, but Mike made you want to talk about that
3: well so you've got alright how deep into the weeds do you guys want me to go on let's this? do get, it get, really get cool. well let's just, I'm going to take tomorrow yes. <laughs> all, right.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all night yeah.
3: when it comes to sort of Japanese cinema especially long running series they divide them up by the uh, reigns of the emperors so Godzilla started in what was called the Showa era and so you've got a, a set of Godzilla movies that are called the Showa era Godzilla movies that's what Criterion put out a couple years ago for their Thousand Spine collection. And then you've got the Heishai era, the Neo-Heishai era, and now we're in the Rewa era. And what happens in every era is sort of Godzilla starts as this allegory for natural disasters, be it nuclear war or whatever. He's a force of nature. He's not, he's, he's almost kind of like a Lovecraftian God. He's so above and beyond human morality that to call him good or evil is really not appropriate because Godzilla doesn't care. Godzilla is just (laughs) a force of nature. Uh, it's, it's a, a hurricane.
5: Yes. It's a, it's a, a tornado, hurricane. isn't it? It's yeah, not it's good. A it's, not evil. it's a tornado, yeah.
3: Yeah, is a tornado good or evil? <laughs> no, it's just a tornado. <laughs> but then, inevitably, as the series goes on, he because he's so popular, he gets – The the, the edges get sanded off and he becomes a hero. And and, and, and that's ultimately, at the end of the day, Godzilla is always going to be a hero because they're going to bring in these monsters that are worse than Godzilla. And Godzilla is always going to be on the side of... Like, the reason Godzilla's angry at humanity is because we keep fucking the world up. And so the way you make Godzilla a hero is you bring monsters in who are going to fuck the world up even worse. And then Godzilla goes, well, shit. All right, I guess I'll side with humanity because they're less bad than Giant garbage monster in Hedorah, or this alien monster in in Ghidorah, um, and so that's how you sort of end up making Godzilla a hero, and that's happened every era. Uh, we we haven't gotten more Reiwa movies besides Shin Godzilla, but I don't know if you guys saw they just announced. Oh, just announced they're going to do a shared universe of Godzilla, Common Rider, Ultraman, and Evangelion. Whoa.
2: and Ryan. Wow! blend
3: <laughs> them all all over seen by Hideaki Anno um that's yeah I saw he was, not, I saw he was doing the new Ultraman toys. film
0: but I didn't know it was yeah. like a shared universe like yeah wow, he's got a yeah. new
3: Ultraman coming out he's also doing a new Kamen Rider and then the he did the rebirth of Evangelion the animated ones over the last couple of years they're going to tie them all together in sort of a shared universe um but that's what makes Godzilla so great uh so one of my other favorite Godzilla movies is um and Shafi, you'll, you'll probably know this name. I don't know if the, the Andy, Kyle, and Dave, if you guys will, but really hit the is Why
0: don't know? Him, but no, 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 well no. Know
3: him. <laughs> it's fine. We know our place. Really, will go, go for a bit more, and uh, Come back in uh, ten minutes. Thanks. <laughs> really, <laughs> more, uh, Versus Fame did a Godzilla movie called Final Wars. Oh, okay.
1: Versus! Yeah, Dave, you've seen Versus, haven't you?
3: Ryu versus Ken that? Street Fire. What? what was no, no, the film. The film, I the love film versus Fires.
5: Kramer versus Kramer.
3: Kramer.
5: I've seen oh, that. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. No, I have, 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 have seen <laughs> versus. Yes, I have actually. Yeah, wow. I've only, only seen it once. Yeah.
3: It is hundred and eighty degrees the opposite of Shin Godzilla, and yet I love it as much as Shin Godzilla. <laughs> it's
1: fucking mad that film. It's just it's crazy.
3: Mad. It is, is fucking
1: crazy shit.
3: And yeah. Strap
5: it, in and enjoy yourself. That's honestly that is a mad mad film.
3: And so that's what I love about Godzilla is Godzilla is very much like Batman. Uh, you know, one of the things I yes. love about Batman is you can drop Batman into any genre and he works as a character, right? You can do pretty <laughs> Matt Reeves, I can't see shit. Mike has to leave to smoke a cigarette halfway through because he hates the movie so much. Batman. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, let's not
0: talk about that. Let's not yeah,
3: talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 A spicy tape let's for the hold up a
3: minute. Listen to last week's action for everyone. You'll I hear did, me. I did. I was like, yeah, oh, why, why
0: is this guy coming on? Fucking hell. Jesus.
3: <laughs> Kyle almost didn't join us tonight. <laughs> the animated, the brave and the bold, where he fights like the music meister and stuff like that. Like Batman's great. Any genre you can do with Batman. Godzilla's the same thing. Godzilla knows no genre boundaries. Um, right. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so I can't wait. I, I totally can't wait. I can't wait ramp there. I can't wait for <laughs> no, the that... Godzilla rom com.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Singing in the rain with Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, <certainly>, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, okay, so the thing is, is that we've been talking about Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. But the thing is, what surprised me about the film, and you know, if you look at the posters, obviously it's going to show the monster, and it's just in, the monster under over a, a red background. But a lot of the running time is just. Blokes, well, people in rooms talking, and uh, and that's what sort of surprised me. I was like, oh, right, this is actually completely different to what I uh, I thought uh, a Godzilla film would be, and it feels like um, it doesn't really feel like a monster movie in a way, and and I mean that, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense to monster movies, but uh, I think I sort of really it sort of was a nice surprise um i don't know how you the rest of the group felt about that it was it the film that you ended up seeing was it the film that you thought you were going to watch uh, andy we'll start with you
4: no but the second <laughs> so the, fir- the first time round, I-, I wasn't in the right place because i just come from work so i wasn't up for attending another load of meetings but the second oh, yeah. <laughs> time round, i really really liked it and to be honest with you i've got to be honest i cheated a bit so I looked at the reviews and stuff, and then I started to be like, "Oh, okay, this is a bit of a, this is a commentary here." So actually, it's it's smart and it's layered. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like just this funniness of it. Like you know, they, they're having a meeting and they need to have another meeting about something, so they have to go to the specific room to have a meeting, and then all the shots of <laughs> the the files and the papers. It's so <laughs> ridiculous when you think there's a giant monster outside. Put the file down. It Doesn't matter. Just get on with it. It's I liked it. It was it was cool.
1: Before that, uh, they say that, that one of them asks, "Well, what have we have we actually?" got a name for it. And then they said, oh, actually, we've got got some experts that are actually going to have a meeting to actually uh, decide what to call it yeah (laughs) so then they're so so then like one of the like sane people gets it because okay can we just stop talking about the name of it let's just talk about how we're actually going to save the city but you know it's just i think like that that point sort of nailed nailed it to be honest regarding no it was even the way
4: like the prime minister ignored the advice sometimes so you have all these meetings and stuff they, they reach their conclusions and then he goes on tv and does his own thing anyway so it's quite I liked it. I thought there was quite a bit of a comedic element to it, which
0: I didn't expect in a, in a, yeah, a yeah. monster movie yeah. like this. Uh, how about you, Kyle? Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I was not expecting that at all. I thought it was just going to be a full out, because I've, I've, not, I've not seen it, because I didn't like the 2014 Godzilla, and I've not watched any since then. But apparently Godzilla vs. Kong is literally just fighting for two hours. So I thought it might just yeah. be a full out, especially because like, Mike chose one. I thought it might be a full-on action film, but no, it's very much like a satire, isn't it? Political satire. and yeah just these guys like these guys in a room just like arguing and i just really got like vibes of the pandemic man just you know like shit's going down what we're we gonna do about it oh i don't know yeah. it's like he, boris johnson in his press conferences and trump in his press conferences just you know that some people behind them are just going oh we don't really know what's happening just just go and say this because we don't fucking know you know just, they left everything too late. It was all hearsay yeah. and just a little, b- bunch of when, when he's us, really, like, "It definitely,
4: he? it definitely won't come on shore," <laughs> and then the guy walks up and it's like, "Oh, it's just, it's just so a exactly, yeah, yeah. That? it's that was so comic, iconic. comic
5: gold, comic
1: gold." Well, one thing I will will say about it is that, as opposed to well, as opposed to how I feel about Trump and um, and Boris Johnson, it really doesn't feel like it's taking the piss out of those politicians. They are still being very considered. That PM isn't really he's you know he's listening to everyone and he's actually his intentions are good he you know he keeps on saying uh, i just want to make it you know safest for the people so in a way i kind of like in it's quite a, a um a patriotic film but it you know it doesn't really feel like it's sort of spiteful or angry about the government, even though, you know, th- there are being, you know, the, go- the government are sort of finding kind of obstacles and it's themselves that are the obstacles of how to sort of move forward. I feel like it's something that you could tell that there's like respect for the
0: characters, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure I'd say it's patriotic because... uh like America come and save the day with the bombs and stuff. And always like, Oh, America's come to help us. And I thought I, I actually was a bit confused with that part of it. I didn't really know what but they was. said, but they, but
1: they they've dr- drilled in to say that actually, how about we don't, how about we solve this ourselves before, you know, they, they, they were, they were saying, well, you know let us not um sorry to the American on this call <laughs> let uh, let um, yeah, let's not, Just let's very not...
4: Carefully, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly yeah sorry let um that let's not kind of um let the Amer- Americans american sort of destroy our country because you know we we already have lived we already have that trauma of the the Hiroshima bomb and i i think uh i, I what i that's kinda of, i like the fact that it treads a very thin line where it's not to saying the you know, you're going to spend 2 hours with these really dumb people they're actually bright and considered people and i kind of respect it for that you know yeah and
4: there was an insight as well into the political aspirations of the um, the the young yeah, time, but,
2: yeah,
4: yeah yeah so that was quite cool like you know the movement within a within a power structure like that and how you can gain power out of a crisis like that That was quite interesting. Yeah, there's always an
5: opportunity, isn't there, for political gains and stuff. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So lots more than just a fucking crazy King Kong Godzilla movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the thing for me is, you know, Kyle, you mentioned it. I mean, God, this movie hits. You know, we both live in countries where our leaders have completely, over the last two years, have completely, utterly fucking failed us. And I, I just I don't think there's any question to that. Um, and it is what's interesting, what's fascinating about it is it is it is patriotic, but what it's really patriotic for is the jdf, the the Japanese defense force um, versus the politicians and And so it, it is a little bit regressive almost in that regard because it's like if we could just let the guys with the guns, you know, the kickass dudes do their job. <laughs> we'd solve this. But at the end of the day, I still think the movie really works because it's still the scientists. It's still the science heroes that saved the day. And that goes all the way back to the 1954 Godzilla because it's science heroes. Godzilla always has this strain of science heroes saving the day. And that's one of the things I really like about it is it's always somebody figuring out, We can't just bomb, you know, every time they try and use firepower on Godzilla, what does it do? It just makes it stronger. You know, literally every time they like bomb it and stuff, it just forces it to evolve and makes it stronger. And so they finally have to figure out we can't destroy it. We just have to stop it, which feels so much more relevant even now where we're living in a pandemic that we know we can't destroy. We just have to stop. And control. That's all we can – that's the best we can do. And um, man, this movie hit hard in 2016. I rewatched it the other day for this and I i literally – there were parts where I literally had like – I don't want to say tears but like chills and just was like, man, this, this fucking – Stupid monster movie that has no business being <laughs> as good as it is, yeah. is is literally making me like overwhelmed with emotion right now. And yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's so I'm so happy all of you guys kind of are feeling the same way about it because it, it, it is there's a lot of monster, you know. I can't remember. I think it was you, Kyle, you mentioned Godzilla or maybe it was Andy or mentioned Godzilla versus Kong, which is just awesome in terms of you want to watch some big monsters punch each other. Great. That's awesome. That's fun. But like, this is so much more than that. And so,
1: so Mike, do you, sorry to interrupt, but do you mind if you, um, tell us like your thoughts on all of the American Godzilla films and those like monster-verse films? Like what, What's your opinion starting from like
3: 1998? So, 98's terrible. I, I love <laughs> Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. Independence Day is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I thought 98 was an. Un- 98 is so bad that in Kitamura's Godzilla Final Wars, the very first monster that Godzilla fights and kicks the shit out of is the 98 Emmerich Godzilla. <laughs> <And> it- <laughs>
5: wow. That's awesome. That is
2: awesome.
3: Yeah. Um I already said I didn't really like Gareth. I thought Gareth Edwards' 2014 one was – it was okay. It did the bare minimum of what a Godzilla movie should be. I thought Godzilla King of Monsters was uh, borderline unwatchable simply because the, I don't know why Mike Doherty decided that we weren't going to get to actually see anything that was happening in the movie because it's so – poorly it's so dark but i will give credit bear mccrary goes fucking hard on the score for that Cool,
2: yeah
3: um and then i actually i kind of enjoyed i I enjoyed quite a bit godzilla versus kong just in terms of i mean there's the lethal weapon reference where kong has to bash his shoulder to reset it uh (laughs) oh (laughs) wow. um in in but for me, I'm a Godzilla guy. So the they, they the fact that Kong is ultimately the hero of that movie kind of turned. They did my chonky Boy wrong in that movie, but I I don't <laughs> I don't love them because I think the biggest problem is is any American version of Godzilla is going to take Godzilla and try and turn him into a superhero and a uniquely japanese it, it, it's it's it to me it's like if somebody if another country tried to make superman superman is so uniquely <laughs> part of the japanese american you know it was created by two or not japanese but two jewish americans superman is inherently american um okay. Godzilla is inherently Japanese. You, yeah. I just think you uh, need-
0: Actually, uh, Superman's from Jersey, mate. I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, so I just, I don't think an American Godzilla is ever going to live up to the best of the Japanese Godzillas because the best of the Japanese Godzillas are opening those veins and pouring all the rage and anger and unique cultural identity into the movie. I mean, <clears throat> Shin Godzilla blows away any of the Monsterverse Godzillas, in my opinion. It's it's not even a competition. It's not even close.
4: I need to take down this Matthew Broderick poster. <laughs> 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 you know, <I'm> just...
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing is, is that one thing, so I've only seen – the 98 and the 2014 films and the, which is w- what made Shin Godzilla refreshing is that those American films, they like focus on these characters who they're sort of like about them trying to find their family and, and, you know, it, like, like I, and it, I, that's why I've sort of I've been sort of turned off from sort of kaiju films is because I'm, more, in, I'd be more interested in just watching monsters fight. But then this gave me something. They didn't give me either of those. Those, and it yeah. gave me something really refreshing. But I mean, yeah, I remember watching 2014s and going, "Why am I looking at Aaron Taylor Johnson's face? Like, why? About, why am I spending the running <laughs> time looking at his gormless uh, face when <laughs> I want to? I want to see Godzilla. And um, w- one thing is that you you could say that about you know, someone might criticize this film by saying, well, I wanted to see more monster mayhem. But it really is about how the country as a whole reacts to uh, like this national disaster and not just, um, you know, one character having to sort of go from one place to another to try and find his family
0: and all that stuff. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Well, and for, for me to, you know, without going into too much detail, I work for the government. And so I am very me familiar too. with and government.
0: me. Yeah.
3: me. <laughs> so we're all very familiar with government bureaucracy. And man, this movie like that bullshit of you got to have a meeting, to have a meeting and yeah. stuff. <laughs> it fucking oh my god, it, it hits. You literally have a giant radioactive lizard outside your door and you're fighting over like what you're going to call it, like you guys (laughs) mentioned earlier or whatever. It's like, it's so (laughs) absurd and it's so, but there's just such an inherent, I love the way this one, this is the one that is the, to me of all of them, that is the closest to the 1954 original of, there is this underlying level of tragedy because all these people who are more interested in their power or their prestige, completely fuck up how to handle this and then you have a couple of science heroes who are like you know finally get the chance to do what needs to be done and um you know again tying it back into the pandemic look everybody knows we've all complained about the cdc changing their rules or the who changing their rules or um you know and and it's like but the doctors on the front lines they're not Doing that, they're just trying to do the best they can. And I yeah. do love the best Godzilla movies are that the bureaucracy, the government, they screw it up, and then the doctors on the front lines finally figure out here's how we can stop this national natural disaster, which is what Godzilla is. It's a nat- it's a natural disaster. It is a, you know, it's not a superhero. It's it's a hurricane. It's a tornado. It's a nuclear bomb. It's a uh, an earthquake. You know, and man, this movie just nails that vibe so well for me.
0: I loved uh, when the, the, I love when the prime minister had died. Sorry, I didn't obviously love that he died, but and then they got the new prime minister, and they're like talking to him. He's like, "Right, shit, I've got to sort the country out," and he's like. Oh, fuck, my noodles are soggy. It's just I, was bring up. I was just I was like crying, bring up. just like, oh my God. I was if I was starting, you're yeah, your yeah. worried that your noodles are soggy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> the shit just got real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's brilliant. Oh, There's comic no, moments that just come out of nowhere, don't they? It's just like, well. Wow. <laughs> but even if you were facing disaster like that, you would still, there would be comic moments. That's that's, that's wonderfully picked up in this film, my film.
1: So, uh, like, talking about, like, the direction of, of the film, I think what's really cool, as, as Mike sort of talked about in the beginning, that regarding sort of the dialogue sort of moving really fast, I, I think that is intentional because it's, you know, if we, on paper, people sitting in, in rooms talking, you'd think, well, I don't really want to watch two hours of that. But they, tr- they shoot it and they edit it in the most sort of visceral way. So especially because it, when it comes to like the the PM kind of talking to his committee, you know, the, the is quite static, but then when it goes to that room where all the, all the scientists are, are in, you know, the camera like moves, there's so much kind of quick editing. Like when someone kind of goes into a room, the camera kind of follows them. They do like, uh, they do like steady cam shots of like it being attached to like the laptop and um, you know, it, it, and as you said, it, it's sort of like the way, I think what what actually would make a good like double bill with this, you wouldn't think it is is Zodiac because Zodiac, that film is like two or three, hours. it actually goes up to like three hours. And that film, is, you know, it's every, even though most of the running f- time like this film is people in rooms talking, every scene is very short. And that that's sort of like, with this film as well, and a lot of the times as you mentioned will you mention about subtitles I, w- watching watching it first time going, I had to sort of you know rewind it after a scene uh, ended to rewatch the scene, and go, "Okay, did I just take all that information that that went a bit too fast, yeah, but yeah. intentionally so because the director wants to make it feel as like, dynamic and as sort of visceral oh, it's, it's uh, awesome. as, as possible. It, it,
5: yeah. Yeah, because the ba- the way to actually do this is to learn Japanese first, isn't it? If you're really going to commit to the film, learn Japanese and watch it. That'd be my advice to the viewers, because it yeah. really it is wonderful. And like like you, when you think of that opening scene from the Social Network and stuff, like imagine if English isn't your first language and you're trying to keep up with that, and you feel like you would miss something. I'd say watch that a few times if if. He actually, regardless, you should watch the opening scene a few times, but it's just so good when they talk like that.
1: And as as Mike said regarding the director having a stopwatch, that's exactly what David Fincher did. He he basically had a stopwatch and said he timed each um, yeah. person talking. I and mean, if you guys, uh, I know that you all read my article in Neon's Flatter about David Fincher, but... Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, I did, you, yeah. you I know, you sure know I did. it word by word, don't you? Yeah. So, um, but that—that's what you know. His sort <laughs> of sense of rhythm, he—he—he he, he kept and say he kept on doing another take, another take, because he—he—he he, he wanted everyone to sort of hit, deliver their lines, you know, at a certain speed to kind of make a, to to fit a a time period. And this, this work, this film, works exactly the same way. And also regarding its similarities in in Zodiac is that Zodiac the the antagonist you could you could say the villain of the film is the zo- zodiac serial killer but that's just sort of a presence in the film and the real sort of antagonist of that yeah. film is is procedure it's sort of like uh, it's like it's bogging everything down i can't remember the the name of the, the oh, toscos i think it, what, the the main cop he Toshy. knows he toshi toshi so, Tosh, Tosh, yeah he knows he he in his heart he knows who the real zodiac uh, killer is but he can't prove it because he has to kind of you know the as they mentioned several times the film due pro- process and i guess yeah. you know your job i guess you're sort of very familiar with that but you know um and in a way this film godzilla is just like a, a presence but it's just sort of instigating the real sort of uh antagonist of this is, is basically bureaucracy so i think those two are very sort of similar films and yeah, it, because Zodiac's one of my favorite films, this is slowly thinking. I'm thinking this will probably be like a very close. Wow. I can imagine just rewatching this film again and again and again.
0: How have we talked more about Zodiac on this episode Sorry. than we did the Batman episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, we right, we yeah. didn't even mention it really, did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Well, let's not talk about Batman.
0: No,
3: you're fine. (laughs) Uh, You're fine. But in a lot of ways, you're right. Because the thing is here is this is because both the Zodiac Killer and Zodiac, and and even if you want to Batman, you want to talk about the Riddler, um, they're forces. they're, They're these things that can't be stopped. And Godzilla, you know, Godzilla can't, you can't stop Godzilla. You can't stop earthquakes. You can't stop. Thunderstorms and hurricanes and tornadoes. All you can do is prepare, and that's what I love so much. Is it really illustrates how badly so many of our governments are prepared for? Well, and the last two years has just proven this point: how badly our governments are prepared for catastrophes, because yeah. it, it's Godzilla is not something you can just shoot or bomb. All you can do is freeze it, run a bunch of trains into its ass, and uh And you know, and hopefully freeze it before weird humanoid Godzilla start popping out of its tail. Oh man! Uh, please, you, can you, you explain to me
4: what that's all about? Yeah,
3: I absolutely can. If you if you really want me to, I can because they yes, they that's there. They talk about that Godzilla is a, a new form of life that can reproduce asexually. And we know Ooh. based on turd, sock turd, googly-eyed
2: <laughs>
3: So basically, the... <laughs> if you look close at the things coming out of the tail at the end godzilla yeah. was about to give birth to a whole, whole shit ton of oh. new godzillas that start as humanoid and then they wow. will eventually evolve into godzilla God. so literally oh wow It was an extinction level event that got just in the nick of time. Yeah, because that's
5: why they were kind of justified when all the other countries were like, you know, we're going to have to nuke these people. We're going to have to nuke it if it's going to reproduce. When they were doing the reproduction thing, it's like, whoa, this feels like aliens now and we really are in danger. Wow.
4: And, and there's another, not always been a part of it. Godzilla back, even back from
3: the 50s. No, that's a new. That's that's mad fucking genius, Hideaki Anno, bringing that <laughs> bringing that to the table. That's that's a new. I don't I don't know if you guys have ever watched Neon Genesis Evangelion, but he no. he is so enraptured with the idea of the end of humanity as we know it and what sort of the next evolution of of humanity will look like and stuff so that that that's that is not a godzilla that's that's new for this movie that's oh, okay. not like but that is still also that that anno just brilliance that he brings to the table that yeah. I because
4: like so that was such a mental way to end it it just felt like a you think well i am finished this and then you see that and you're like what the fuck and then bang movies yeah. over.
3: Yep, yep, yep. And you go right into that. I also love one of the things I have to shout out. I love that he, he, a, reused some of his Evangelion score, but also yes. did not re record Akira Ikafube's 1954 score because he's like, yeah, no, that's already a perfect score. I'm just going to fucking reuse. These. <laughs> like, you know what? Because yeah. sometimes shit is just good. Don't reinvent yeah. the wheel. Just, just, if shit's good, just fucking use it. Why not? <laughs>
5: you know, the sort of horror film that leaves, leaves that, whoa, 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 you thought it was over. But, you know, I, I, I do quite like those cheeky little extras going. Oh, quality. You know? Yeah, well, you love it, man. You love when, it, like when a, a film ends and they're come. like,
0: oh, you think that the Riddler was good? Here's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew you were going to make that. Oh, <laughs> it's, <on>.
5: different. <laughs> it's different when it's not horror. It's just like, yeah. you know, not necessarily a kind of sequel bait, but just a, ooh, nope, nope, nope. Didn't quite finish Like, the end of the thing, 1982 and stuff. You know, it just—I love it. I love it,
3: man. I love that ending of the thing. Oh, yeah, this good, is such great ending. This is so similar. I mean, you could honestly do, Lindsay, if you're listening, fucking Shin Godzilla, and I—I I know she's already done Shin Godzilla, but uh, Shin Godzilla and the thing, fucking Schlock and wow. on teacher <laughs> because, um, because like they. They're both about – because that's the thing here with this is it's – yeah, it's not a traditional horror movie. But again, you survive a hurricane. You know, we get a shit ton of hurricanes here in the US, especially if you live in like Florida or or the southeast. You're constantly pounded and you survive them and you get through them. But there's another hurricane six months away and that's what I love about the ending here with the weird humanoids coming out of the tail and stuff is it's like – if at any point you don't keep Godzilla frozen, it's the end of the world. Yeah. It's wow. literally the end of the world, and and so everybody has to come together to say, we've got to. We have the most destructive weapon on the face of the earth, and we have to keep it contained because if we don't, we're fucked uh and uh and that that just it hits so hard at the end of that movie in terms of there's no win here there's just survival and and that's the best Godzilla movies to me are the ones where there is no win you just we survive we survive, we somehow either stop Godzilla or turn Godzilla away, but all we do is survive. Uh, well, we well, that's
0: like real, man, with Ukraine and shit going on now, like Russia yeah. saying they're getting the nukes prepared and that's like, fuck right yeah. now, no one no wins, do they? Yeah.
3: No, yeah, yeah, no, there is no win when you're dealing with nuclear weapons or weapons of war or natural disasters. The win is, or fucking pandemics, the win is you wake up tomorrow. Yeah. And if you wake up tomorrow, that's your win. And, and this movie, for me, nails that yeah. so fucking hard.
5: Yeah, because even during the film, it's a bit like, oh, is Godzilla coming back? Where, are they gonna, where is he going to resurface? Can we find him and stuff? It's just like, shit, it's just offshore, and you don't know where he's going to land. It's almost like Jaws in a weird way. And it's just like, oh, man, the tension was always there throughout. Oh, loved it.
1: Another thing is the that process of um, freezing Godzilla. So that I, I believe that they use that same process in the Fukushima nuclear disaster. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They actually use that, uh, you know, very like similar vehicles in order to what, like, or, sustain uh, liquid
0: nitrogen or something. To, to... Yeah. 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 yeah, to yeah, that, yeah. Like,
1: okay. Freeze everything. Yeah. yeah. That's from my, from my understanding. So, anyway.
0: Something I read is I can't remember who it was that, uh, japan's national pride is their trains um so they use the trains to like bow the shit out of them didn't they before they did all that
4: yeah. yeah
0: yeah
4: yeah i thought the train and like, i thought the action in this movie was pretty fucking awesome as well like, those, yeah we're not really talking about, shots about action let's, tanks, let's go into them. the tanks swiveling around and firing the missiles like, i haven't seen anything like that for a while i thought it was pretty badass
3: i i love in particular again as a as you know because as a godzilla fan you want the roar and you want the atomic breath, right? And that fucking scene where the US yes. comes in and they're dropping the bombs and all of a sudden you see you see the tail fins light up
0: yeah, Godzilla, no. <laughs> you know
3: just blows out the fire and then just unleashes and something that is was again new was the the split jaw that's yeah. not traditional godzilla but it's so fucking badass yeah. and it's it's really hard when you're watching that not to be like fuck yeah, Godzilla. Like, (laughs) yes. And that's, again, the thing that's so great about Godzilla is it's this horrifying thing, but it's also so fucking cool. Um, (laughs) The action scenes are incredibly well done in this. Both Godzilla kicking ass, but then also Japan kicking ass in return. The, the, the way the trains are driving into him and you get all that great music at the end and stuff. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
3: There's a lot of fist pumping to go on. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we've talked about this like this is some depressing, dour, awful, you know, slog of a movie, but it's not. It's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well done, Kyle. So well done, Kyle.
5: Cool. Cool. I know, because I was thinking Blade 2 when I first saw his mouth open like that. I was like, shit. That's like Blade 2. That's II. it, where and he I'm fucks on the like,
0: helicopter,
5: like out of Independence Day as well.
0: <laughs> Did they reuse? So I've not seen the original uh, 1954 film. I know you said to watch your mic, but it's not available on streaming here, so I can watch it. Did they? So it sounds to me like the noises that Godzilla makes, but also the the explosion noises, all sound very kind of like compressed, like from they could have been from tape. So did they reuse all the original sounds then for for this?
3: Not all of them, but Anno specifically demanded that the movie was uh, mixed in essentially mono to kind of match okay, the yeah. 1954 sound because oh, he wow. wanted it to fill as much like that. So it's it's one of the only movies it's it's actually mixed in a 3.1 audio. So you basically have two front channels, a center, and a sub, uh, and that's that's what it's which is essentially what a movie theater kind of would have been like around 1954. Uh, cool. So he was really trying to replicate that sound because he did want this. So this is the first. So we've had lots of Godzilla movies that are essentially sequels to 1954 this is the first proper reboot this is the first proper japanese godzilla movie where it's like we're starting from zero this is the first time everybody's met godzilla and and he wanted to try and replicate that same vibe and that same fill uh so yeah right down to the sound mixing because again he's a mad genius yeah he sounds completely awful to work with like like if you were a filmmaker i just don't think you want to work with hideaki ano at all but if you're a fan if you're a consumer uh the dude's fucking brilliant um he gets shit done he, he gets shit done and he gets it done better than anybody else so That's awesome um, Yeah. So, and and they did use, they did use a lot, reuse a lot of sound effects. Obviously they reused the music. He want, he initially tried to have somebody redo the 1954 score. And he's like, it just, it doesn't sound like what I want. So let's just use the 1954 score. And they had some other, you know, the, the person that did the, actual score was the same one that did evangelion and he was like let's just use the evangelion score and you know i i just i can't imagine fucking michael bay or you know the algorithm that is john watts doing something like that (laughs) here in the u.s like i just can't imagine that happening uh here in the u.s which is again Shafi hates john watts basically
1: (laughs) I always love it when you call them the algorithm because you and me are completely on the same page there. Uh, have you seen No Way
0: Home yet, Shuffy? You haven't, have you? I
1: haven't, no, no, no. no. But you know what? I do, I do like Cop Car. So give, if John Watts, you listening? if you're listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> uh, you know.
3: No Way Home is the one time that Cop Car John Watts decided to show up in the MCU. I will say that.
1: Yeah, what, one thing, Andy, do you did you recognize any actors from this film?
4: No, sorry. Oh, oh come on man, you must have on. Andy. All oh, right, all right, oh, right, right, oh, right, right, Do you know what? Do you your know favorite what? Film? actually, actually, was it the guy from the Wailing?
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so forgive my pronunciation, Jun Kunimura. He uh Yeah, it was Jun
4: Kunimura,
1: those, Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> he plays the he plays the kind of the general, like the head of the military. As in, he always seems to be. I'm not sure what his official title is, character, but yeah, that's the dude. That's the Japanese man from The Wailing. Mike, have you seen The Wailing? Yet?
3: I I have not. I am uh, waiting do. on please listening. Do. I know. No, it's on the list. I, I need to. Honestly, no. I'm actually waiting on your episode because I haven't watched it yet. I will say also, Jun Kunimura was, this is his second appearance in a Godzilla movie because he was also mm-hmm. in Godzilla Final Wars. Um, right, June, right. Jun Kunimura is a major heavy hitter in Japanese. In fact, all the actors almost in this are people who have in some way, shape, or form been in other Godzilla movies. Uh, because, oh, right. Again, a little bit of a celebration, a little bit of a victory lap for Godzilla. So there's a whole lot. If you know Japanese cinema, there's a whole lot of real fucking famous faces in this movie. Yeah,
1: so uh, the female character, Satomi Ishihara, she she was in the first um, Attack on Titan film. Is that right?
3: Yep. Yep. The terrible, terrible, terrible live-action Attack on Titan film. Don't, don't ever watch the live-action Attack on Titan films. If you like Attack on Titan, stick with the anime or the manga. Do not watch the live-action movies.
1: So, so, Kyle, you said you don't get on with anime films at all, but I think I would, I would recommend Attack on Titan.
5: If I may, um, our mate that we're talking about, this is the same guy that got his sort of head blown up by a toothpick and hard-boiled, isn't it? It's the same actor.
1: Oh, shit. That's not him, is it?
5: It is him. I'm sure that's him. Yeah, we'll you're... go to Mike here, I think. <laughs> I'm sure that's him. It is him.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I can't and... believe that. I. I can't believe I do not recognize him. That's
5: crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is him, isn't it? So I think he's got one of the coolest IMD lists ever. And he gets his head chopped off in Kill Bill as well, I believe. If I'm right. Yes, yeah. yeah yeah because I certainly recognised him from that as well and I was like thinking wow a mental trainer. What, what a cool what a cool guy like what a cool sort of understated career like because he's one of the baddest dudes yeah hard-boiled
0: tea house gunman yeah. and then in uh, Uzi dude yeah. isn't he is not he carrying and Uzi
5: yeah <laughs> like, he's a like, He fucking just nails Chary Fat's partner, doesn't Uh, he? Kill Bill,
0: Boss Tanaka. He's in both of them.
5: Yeah, so he's definitely him. Fucking hell. Because I was just thinking, wow, that is a cool... He he just oozes coolness, and he was... Man, just something about him.
3: I will always think of of Jun Kunimura because he also is in a movie that I just... I don't think is that great, but it's also super cool called K20 Legend of the Mask, with uh Takeshi Kaneshiro, um he's he's one of those Japanese actors where he's just he's literally the Japanese like that guy you know he just he shows up in so many Japanese movies and you're like oh it's that guy and he's so good in everything he ever does
1: I guess our, our version of that guy is Keith David right he just kind of disappears and I yeah,
3: yeah, no, he's totally. Yeah, that's actually a perfect analogy. He's the Japanese Keith David. That is <laughs> <a>
1: Japanese <laughs> Keith David
3: analogy. Like he just shows up and you're like, "Fuck yes!" And then you know, he may be in it for five minutes, and he may be in it for like fifty minutes. But yeah. either way, you're just like, "What?"
0: <laughs> Twenty minute fight scene with a uh, Roddy Piper. Let's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, go. Exactly, right. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, or yeah. a really sleazy guy from Reckham for a Dream*. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyone else have any more thoughts on Shin Godzilla?
5: This was one film where the, a nuclear bomb might go off at the end. And I was genuinely fucking hell, are they going to loot? Are they going to nuke? I just didn't know. So, the tension remained throughout the film. Whereas most films with a nuclear bomb, the tension isn't really there. So, I absolutely adored this film right up until the final minutes. Sorry, that's all I have to say. <laughs> But it's just oh, cool. No, that, no, no. Yeah. They're gonna burst though. Well, no, it's just <laughs> like how how often do you watch a film with a nuclear bomb and you're not sure that it might fucking go off, man? They might just have to do it. If that freezing process doesn't top. work, they've got no choice. It's fucking um, crazy.
0: Independence day.
3: Yeah, I mean you could <laughs> you could totally see a Doctor Strange love ending here, right? Like the way the movie <laughs> is like there's yeah. really no you Anno sets this up so well that like yeah, Ah, oh, fuck. They just got to nuke Japan. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you, Dave. I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah, But I mean, no, that's, the that's
1: the thing. That's the good, great thing about this film. It, it evokes, it makes you think of so many other films. So, yeah. you know, the film you just mentioned, it made me think about what's the, uh, in the loop as well. It yeah, I've got, think, I got think of
0: it think, yeah, yeah. thick of it vibes. Yeah, thick of it vibes as well. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah um as i said zodiac and don't, I mean, don't look up as well i got kind of vibes from I know don't look up is very much kind of uh obvious comedy this is not more this is not comedy is as, as obvious as such
5: and, and to be more on the level it actually made me want to watch cloverfield again i know really really watching it on the level but i find i really fancy watching cloverfield yeah, again I I know
0: footage and stuff, man. yeah, yeah
5: I, I, i'm quite a fan of cloverfield i know it's, it's similar and it's it's very similar and it's very different at the same time but it kind of made you think, oh gosh, I haven't seen Quillfield for a few years. I might stick that on.
3: And you can rest assured, it's not Matt Reeves' worst movie. So
1: uh,
3: <laughs> I'm, out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out.
1: No oh, dear. <laughs> I'm going to put you on mute, Mike. <laughs> okay, so should we just go to one-word reviews then? Or Mike, do you have anything further you want to say about Shingozilla?
3: No, I actually I I really was nervous uh coming into this episode because I know Shin Godzilla is Well,
0: nervous was a man. Shafi was like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. in the toilet all day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's kind of kooky and weird, but um, the reaction to it has hey, my my tummy is filled with joy uh, by the reaction <laughs> to this movie. So no, I this this movie fucking rules. Do you guys all agree that it fucking rules? And everybody <laughs> should watch it, and that's honestly the best I could ask for. Like awesome, I have man. nothing else to add on it.
1: Nice. No, thank you very mu- much, yeah, Mike, for bringing you. it into our bring it into our world. And, um, yeah, I think I've found a new favourite film. So there you go. So should we go to One Word Reviews then? It's the One Word Review, One Word
4: Review, One Word Review for us to you. Except for Carl, who says, oh, that's fucking quality.
1: Cool. All yeah, right. Man. So
4: let's There's always, start with... I'm, it's a
5: shock and I'm trying to think of it, but, yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay, so... I reckon the 25th uh,
5: episode, I'll remember.
1: <laughs> Kyle, what's your one-word review? Jobsworth. Nice. Uh, Andy, what's your one-word review? I'm
4: going to go for powerful.
1: Powerful. Dave, because you best. prepared this one-word... One <laughs> it's word. the
4: greatest monster movie I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Dave, Dave, because you prepared this one-word, uh, what is the special word you've, uh, you've got for the one-word review?
5: I forgot to mention this film reminds me a bit of Brazil, the film Brazil.
2: Thanks. Thanks for that one word review? <laughs> okay, but... This
4: film reminds me of
5: France. <laughs> <laughs> what, what
4: are you saying,
2: mate?
5: I remember thinking uh... I was quite clever. Maybe I'm not. And then I forgot to mention it. So <laughs> I'm just going to bring that <laughs> up now. The one word review. It reminds runner. me a bit of if, if any of you have ever seen Brazil, I think it's 1985, this film is a bit similar.
1: <laughs> so that's why you're saying so your one word review is Brazil, is that right? Yeah, every
4: time we ask you for a one word fucking review, we get a paragraph. No, but I have to explain it. We do, <laughs> it takes a 20 fucking minutes with one word review. So my one word
5: review is Brazil,
1: 1985. Nice. You have to say 1985, mate. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and Mike, what is your one word review?
3: I got to go with Anno esque. That's nice. That's the most oh, fucking nice. hideyaki Anno esque shit ever.
1: Nice. Great. That's Excellent. the best one, one word really,
4: yeah. review we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. So, uh, Shuffy, Shuffy, no, 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 no.
1: What about you? Oh, God.
4: Oh, gosh, yeah.
1: Panic. That's my one word review. lovely.
4: Yeah. Okay. Nice. All
1: right. Okay, cool. Um, so, Mike, before Legend. you go, do you mind if uh, I've got uh, just a few questions for you? Can we go through those if that's all right? Just as like a quick fire round?
3: Absolutely fire away ask me the question you want to ask
1: awesome okay great so mike what is the first ever film you remember what
3: uh star wars uh you know te- episode for a new hope but star wars at the drive through in the backseat of my uh-huh. car maybe wow. 19- i was born in 76 so this would have been maybe 77 78 somewhere wow. around there
5: whoa you can remember it wow
3: yeah, it, my, my earliest memory is this memory. This is why I'm a movie nerd. My earliest memory is seeing Star Wars at the drive-in. Oh, uh, so um, awesome. Yeah. Lindsay uh, chose oh, that as well,
0: I, didn't she? It was her first film. Yeah, that's right,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she watched it at home, but yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's one of her, her first films. Wow, cool. Um, Mike, name a film that made you cry. Um,
3: many, because I'm a bit of a crier uh most recently actually the adam project made me ball but uh the one that i always think of that's guaranteed to make me cry is um warrior 2011's warrior great film man. that last yeah. fight when the nationals about today kicks in i am i'm guaranteed to just ball like a four-year-old schoolgirl.
5: I of cry. Then the of best of the best always. <laughs> honestly,
3: not even joking. That's the best. Also, when fucking Eric Roberts is like, pop it, Tommy, yeah. pop it, pop yeah. it. Like, oh my god, that shit is. I'm not, honestly, I'm not
5: joking. I, I will always cry. I watch the best of the best. Yeah, I no, well, I'm.
3: Mate. I'm not judging you because I do this. <laughs> like this. Oh. Uh, yeah.
5: Yeah. You think Eric Roberts cries enough for all of us, but no, I'm I've got <laughs> some tears as well. So,
1: so yeah, I guess the the um, the secret to unlock your audience crying is have a character called Tommy <laughs>
3: <laughs> in a fight in a in a like round robin fight scene. Like yeah. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
1: Name a film that genuinely scares you.
3: Karen Kusama's The Invitation. Uh, oh, I that, fucking love that film. I fucking love that film. Scare is maybe not the right word, but it is so unbelievably uncomfortable and unsettling and like miserable to watch, but I love it so much because of that. And there's very few movies that, that do that. Like, I cannot think of another movie that makes me as uncomfortable watching it as the invitation does. That movie is fucking brilliant.
1: You, you guys might relate to this is that when you watch a film and you want to, you want to tell someone uh, about it. And I remember watching the invitation and then the next morning talking to Liz about it. And then Just kind of describing like every everything from like beginning to end, and that's exactly sort of, and that's what like the film like the invitation does. It just you just want everyone to watch it, but you want to sort of just describe every moment. You know, that
0: mate, I did that to my dad with Ghostbusters 2 in like 1989 or whatever it was. <laughs> that where's Choi
1: scene in the invitation, yeah. you're literally like your hair stand on end.
3: Where's Chow? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's... Name, I think his name's Choi. Choi, yeah. Is it Choi? I'll say.
3: What makes it so great is not a one of us hasn't gone to a dinner party that's just awkward as shit and <laughs> be there. And, yeah. and that movie like trades on that and then just amplifies it and amplifies it and amplifies it. And it's Man. oh my god, it's just it's a oh. brilliant film.
5: Great, nice. so I need to watch that. Nice. I need to watch that again. I've only seen that once, and that really is an incredible film. What a film, Andy. Kyle, watch that
1: film. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, What's the film you've seen the most amount of times?
3: So obvious answer is Star Wars, uh, but I'm also going to shout out uh, the 1993 rollerblading epic Airborne, because I I that is literally up there with Star Wars, because uh, the summer between 94, 95, the summer between my high school graduation and college, it was on the Disney Channel here, and I watched it every goddamn day, and it is <laughs> an amazing movie that I will actually, as an action nerd... I will go to bat for the editing in that movie like nobody. That movie is perfectly edited. So, uh, I'd say it's Star Wars, but I, I want to talk. I would just want to shout out Airborne because it's fucking <laughs> I've beautiful. I've never
0: heard of that, man, honestly. <laughs>
3: It's it's a, you know, it it came out, it's a rad thrash, and you got all those extreme sports movies. Airborne's the rollerblading version. And it's one of the first Jack Black movies. Um, It's got Seth Green from Buffy in it. But there's a race at the end that is just one of the most well-edited, well-paced final races I've ever seen in a movie. So if you guys haven't seen it, uh, try and track it down and uh, and check it out. It's it's and I like I said, every day for a summer, I fucking watch it. I've probably seen that movie 75 times at this point.
1: So. <laughs> I, I think I remember seeing that as a kid. I think so. Is there a, is there like a shot? All I remember out of this film is there's a shot of a line of roller skaters and they're just basically you see them do that for quite yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's more than yeah.
3: one shot of that in the movie. So yeah, yep.
4: Yeah, yeah I remember that.
1: Yeah, great. Excellent. Um, what's a film that you used to like, but now dislike?
3: Uh, Joel Schumacher's The Time to Kill, because I saw it before I went to law school, and then I saw it after <laughs> I went to law school. Yeah. And uh, now I hate that fucking movie. So uh, <laughs> it seemed so good when I saw it. And then I went to law school and I was like, Oh, no, this is a giant steaming piece of shit. So is
1: it just that you watch it thinking this would never happen? That would never happen?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I what I really realized, and I actually did an episode on the Dana Buckler show a few years ago where I like did a deep dive on breaking down all the things wrong with that movie. And a lot of it is just, no, it's just, it's not, not only is it not that that would never happen, but it's, like, so fundamentally bad that it just... McConaughey's great, and, say, you know, obviously, Samuel L. Jackson going, yes, they deserve that, and I hope they burn in hell. Is <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. But, you uh, know, I, <laughs> I fucking... I just... I hate that movie. Contrast nice. that to My Cousin Vinny, which is the best legal movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot. loads of people say that. That it's, like, the most accurate...
3: You literally watch it in law school. They show you clips from that movie in law school to teach you how to be a lawyer. It's so good. That's nice. great.
1: Okay. Yeah. When they're
5: doing like the car through the window and it's really detailed, isn't it? Yeah. Just having flashbacks. Sorry. Like the guy didn't have glasses on and what a car would look like through the different window and stuff. God. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The tires and it's yeah. literally, it's that's just, what I do for a living. Like that movie nails it. It's perfect.
1: Nice. Great. So what's a film that you used to dislike and now you like?
3: So uh I am if anybody followed me last Saturday as of the time we're recording, you would know I did the F This Movie Fest where I tweet incessantly. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. F like every podcast, everything I'm doing is because of F This Movie. And uh a few years ago we one of the movies we watched was Avatar. Uh yeah. the And that was a movie that I... Oh my god, I hated that movie. And you know what? No, I fucking love Avatar. I love Avatar. I am am all in on Avatar. Like, Avatar 2 through 4, whatever they're doing. Inject that shit into my veins. I am all about (laughs) it. So... I did not enjoy it when I first saw it. And now I am not a grumpy, crotchety, angry old man. I am just like, give me the blue people, fly in the dragons. (laughs) I am all about it. I, I love that movie now, even though I did not like it at all when I first saw it.
1: So is that because of the experience watching that film? Or is it just got to do with you now see things in that film that you didn't see before?
3: It was the experience watching it with everybody, but it's also, I. as I'm older, you know, The Adam Project is a perfect example of this, too. I am, I'm old, you know, I'm older than all of you. I'm an old man, and I've also had a really rough last year, and I am just becoming more enamored with movies that are purely competent, purely... Interested in sticking the landing and not necessarily trying to be clever or creative, and just being like, you know what we're gonna do, we're gonna make perfect example. Is uh, you guys know the band Fountains of Wayne? Uh, they did the theme song to well, the one of the writers made the theme song to that thing you do. They did the
0: oh yeah, you know, yeah
3: he, did, he died, they, didn't he? He
0: died recently. Yeah, he did. COVID, he did. Yeah, yeah. They,
3: They're like the epitome of pop music perfection. They're not genre changing. They're not anything, but you know what they are? They're really fucking good at what Mm -hmm. they do. And James Cameron is really fucking good at what he does. And Avatar, (laughs) and, and I'm just finding myself appreciating that. Like the, the idea of like sort of competency porn, like just, just, yeah. A director who can just make a movie really well. Spielberg, Spielberg, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know the the big one. Like I mentioned, the Adam Project, Sean Levy. Uh, yeah. He's never going to change the genre, but you know what he is? He's really good at what he does, and uh, so that <laughs> that's what it is. The last time I really watched Avatar and came around on it, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this movie a thousand times. Th- it's Dances with Wolves. It's Fern Gully. But it looks beautiful. It's got Zoe Saldana. It's got Stephen Lang. I mean, it just... It looks great. It's entertaining. Man, that shit's hard to pull off. And I've stopped being bitchy about those kind of movies if they don't live up to what I want. If I'm entertained, I'm entertained. And Avatar is is that. I love that movie now. And I hated that movie when it came out. I hated it. I've I've done a complete 180 on it. But Steve Alone should have been cable, shouldn't he? Would have been amazing cable. Amazing cable.
1: But I mean I guess what you're describing is feels like your mindset in just watching films generally because because you champion DTV films, you can appreciate it for what it is. You know, DTV, you, you probably w- watch a film and go, okay, the we, I can see there are budget limitations. I can see that it's not going to win any awards and it's kind of writing or, or, or whatever, but it does what it does on the tin. I, yeah, guess. I think,
0: I think you, did you tweet Mike? We might've been tweet on uh, a luxury for everyone episode where he said, never shit on a little guy, but, yeah, shit hard on the big guy.
3: Yeah, that was uh, that was my response on not liking No Time to Die, which I know you all disagree with me on. <laughs> but my point <laughs> was ultimately that yeah, Bond can take it, right? Like Bond can take me unloading.
4: Yeah. yeah. It. Um,
3: but <laughs> some movie that costs two million dollars to make. Uh, You know, because right before I'd watched No Time to Die, I'd watched this movie out of Puerto Rico called The Witness, and it's billed as the first Puerto Rican martial arts movie. And look, it's amateur as hell. And it was probably made for, I don't know, $15,000. Um Like, yeah, I'm going to go lighter. Degree of difficulty matters. I'm going to go lighter on the $15,000 Puerto Rican martial arts movie than I am the $200 million James Bond movie. (laughs) Um, Although I will say after a a certain recent movie, I am lighter on No Time to Die. (laughs) Oh, really? Wow. (laughs)
5: Wow. wow. $175 went to Daniel Craig, though, so it was quite cheap (laughs) after (laughs) that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, that's actually – I love that you brought that up, Dave. We actually just talked about that on this week's Action for Everyone of the opening. If you guys haven't seen JCVD, there's a whole opening, like a one or Oh, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Van Damme's talking to his agent and he goes – there's a five million dollar budget. You're giving me three. The producer's <laughs> taking one. How much fucking money is there for the actual movie? And you know, when you're dealing with DTV, that's a real thing, right? Like you can hear a DTV movie has a $10 million budget. It fucking doesn't. It's got like a two million dollar budget. <laughs> because the producers and the stars are taking all of that off the top.
1: And viewers, if you if you've never seen a John Clay film before and you think, well, John Claw Madame is not going to make a film that I'm going to like. Watch JCVD because that's the one film that crosses all genres and is just, uh, it's, it's incredible, that film. It's beautiful, it's isn't it? Brilliant. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah.
0: I think The Unbearable Way of Massive Talent is kind of similar ilk, isn't it, when, it, when we eventually get to see it.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and Willy's Wonderland as well. We're trying to get that into profit one day, so everyone needs to watch <laughs> Willy's Wonderland. <laughs>
1: What did we work out? I'd made like 84 pounds or something. <laughs> yeah. About just like, yeah, five quid in a balloon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Ma- Mike, uh, what is the sexiest film?
3: So of all the questions you sent me, this is the one I really wrestled with because people <laughs> who follow me on Twitter know I am a f- big fan of, like, classic 70s porn. And I obviously – I didn't really want to go <laughs> with that.
1: You can if you want. We're not going to judge I, you. We're no, gonna-
3: but, but I, 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 I dialed the Wayback Machine Sherman to the movie <laughs> that for me was, like, most influential as far as, like, oh – boobs um and i went with uh risky business risky business <laughs> oh, <yes. It's> Rebecca <laughs> in risky business you got the opening scene where she's on the stairs and then you got the train scene later that that movie is like sexy incarnate and also hilarious and also <laughs> the birth of a movie star in tom cruise yes. i i don't know how you get sexier than risky business it's nice, funny because when we choice. asked lindsay
4: that she didn't mention 1970s porn. <laughs>
3: but she wanted she,
5: to. she wanted. Damn, to. I'm <laughs>
3: damn it, yeah. I'm literally doing an episode with her next week on Wild Things and Knock docks So oh, really? obviously, Lindsay. <laughs> so like, there's no question we can talk about. Okay.
1: <laughs> so right. Mike was Knock Knock your choice.
3: No, she actually. So we're also doing it with our friend Carmelita Valdez McCoy, and Lindsay threw it out, and I was like yeah you need Carmelita on this and then Carmelita was like well only if Mike joins us and I was like well fuck okay so I'm gonna be the like cishet dude (laughs) dude on this and that's why it's okay to do it because I'm like I've got two other people who are not (laughs) you know hopefully I won't just come across as like just fitting. Eating off Paul Dano, you know, <laughs> in this, like being like, ah.
1: <laughs> 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 I love Knock Knock. I think it's great. I loved it. It's just so unique. I loved it. There you go. We're, well, <laughs> wait for your invitation, Dave, for that episode then. <laughs> Mike, what is objectively the best film ever
3: made? So, my initial inclination was Casablanca, um, because I think that is the greatest written movie of all time um i think that's the best screenplay ever but then i took a step back and thought about it and realized if i'm taking all aspects together it's the seven samurai and in my mind Uh, it's It's the seven samurai everything everything that i love about movies the the my podcasts the movies i love all of that shit it's because of the seven samurai
1: yeah 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 that's I guess it's one of the greatest action films ever made right it, it, you know it's just it's, uh, it's
3: the grandfather I mean every action movie we love yeah its dna can be it it is the fruit of it is the tree of life for action cinema like it's all the branches all trace back to the seven samurai so yeah it's it's it that's that's the one for me
1: nice great okay um what is the funniest film
3: i couldn't pick one i have to pick two uh it's his girl friday and young frankenstein i because they're both they're both different enough but they're both to me the funniest movies ever made for different reasons but it's it's those two it's those two every other comedy that i like has its DNA again in those two movies. So pick whichever one you want, but it's His Girl Friday and Young Frankenstein. Those are the best comedies. Those are the funniest movies ever made in my mind.
0: Wow. And and Lindsay chose that as well. Young Mm -hmm. Frankenstein.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Lindsay chose that as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow. Just Mike, imagine you're in heaven and um, every person in heaven um, has their own day to screen a film. Today is your day. What film are you going to choose?
3: Surprising nobody, because the movie is heaven. I'm screening Spider Man 2 because it's the most perfect, wonderful movie that's ever been made, and it'll never get better. And if you're in heaven, you want to watch Spider Man 2. So, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Watching Spider Man 2 is bringing you to heaven anyway. So,
3: yeah, exactly. That's yep, exactly. So, uh,
0: yeah. So I great say about choice. your choice, Mike. I say your choice is brilliant but lazy. <laughs> 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 I'll well you, that's done, great film,
3: great film. Well done, Kyle. Well
0: done.
1: It's <laughs> this that time of uh, the show <laughs> where I make things uh, awkward for you? And um, I'm going to ask you to choose between two films. So, what would you? What? I, what's your choice between? Ford versus Ferrari or Blood Simple?
3: <laughs> That's a random choice, but it's, it's Blood Simple. Come on, it's, oh. it's fucking Blood Simple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get a guest that actually chooses Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> God, <damn it.
4: laughs> this is so outrageous. It's, it's, it's even more annoying because everybody who knows what they're talking about and is very smart is choosing me on the other like, oh, no.
3: Look, I love Ford versus. Sorry, I love James Mangold, but it's fucking blood simple. Like that's like you gotta you gotta do like Ford versus Ferrari and like Driven or something like that, right? Like, <laughs> although very, I might actually would... pick Driven,
2: um, but uh, yeah,
3: no, I, it's it's blood simple. But I do I do like Ford versus Ferrari. I'm not chitting on that movie at all. Maybe we should
1: go next time. We should say Ninja Two or Mortal Kombat.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Ninja 2. Come no, on, no, no, no. Hey, come, come on. Come on. I,
4: think even I, I, I know you, you
3: already laid out that you don't love Ninja 2, but fucking come on.
4: I saw the trailer and thought it was going to be the best movie ever. Well, okay, <laughs> hold on.
3: 2021 Mortal Kombat or 1995 Mortal Kombat? <laughs> if, if it's 95 Mortal Kombat versus Ninja 2, I got some struggles. I, they, 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 <laughs> I, I got some struggles.
1: Yeah, I really like that film. Yeah, I really like. how about the film
4: critic I am. I thought Kylie Minogue was in the ninety-five version. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Mike, you have been fucking brilliant. Please, please, could you come back on? Yeah, our show? But this
3: has
0: been really fun.
1: Yeah, this has been awesome
3: boys i'll be back whenever you want me to this was a delight i had so much fun tonight (laughs) that's great that's
1: great okay nice one all right so um that thank you so much mike and thanks for making your time to take your time to come on the show um right we're gonna go for our next choice so the next episode this choice is uh kyle's so kyle what is your choice of the next episode
0: Well, I think as we've got a guest, I will get him to announce it, and I'm going to just give some clues, and I'm pretty sure we'll get it straight away. Um, (laughs) The year is 1962. It's the last night of school before you start college. Wolfman Jack is on the radio. You're driving around California. You know, is it? Come
3: on. Yeah, it's American Graffiti. American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great,
0: great, great choice. That's
1: got one of the best soundtracks ever.
0: Man, I was, oh, I won't talk about it, but yeah, we'll talk yeah, about it yeah, the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, so, so, so Expe- have you expensive, expensive, fucking uh, soundtrack? I guess you guys are gonna have <laughs> so
3: much fucking fun talking about that movie. Like, oh my god, you guys are gonna have so much fun.
0: I assume you guys have not seen it then
1: no i've no, seen but, i've uh, seen it yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, well. oh
0: yeah Shafi, yeah
3: <laughs> the caveat Shafi told me the rule is you guys can't have seen it but we just ignore <laughs> shop <right? Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> everything so yeah.
1: Yeah. exactly like everyone in life it's fine don't worry so just to let the viewers know that we're gonna go on a bit of a hiatus um we've basically been recording week basically weekly for like the past three or four weeks now. So we're probably going to take a few weeks break um, until we reconvene for, for Kyle's choice. Mike, uh, tell the viewers how to get in touch with you.
3: You can follow me on Twitter and letterbox at Hibachi Justice. You can follow Action for Everyone on Twitter at A4E Podcast, or you can follow Liam at Liam Odin on Twitter or Vice at Vice Fictus on Twitter. And you can hear the show at any whatever your podcast app of choice is we're on it so uh right. it's not hard to find us so uh <laughs> check us out
0: brilliant oh, cheers right i follow like who are you guys on twitter now and some of the stuff you come out with is like just the knowledge is ridiculous and like some of the <laughs> things you come up with like this is the last episode about batman i was like who in the world comes up with the fact that bruce wayne is uh an incel It's like brilliant honestly <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, we should. We sh- we thought Shafi was next level, but wow, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fair few levels above Shafi.
3: Vice is the secret weapon to the show. He is he is on a level of th- thinking about stuff that none of us will ever be. He's he's our secret.
1: Weapon. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. So, Kyle, do you want to send us home?
0: Yes. Uh, get in touch with us. Please send any questions, comments, praise, hate mail, or one word reviews to the Popcorn Post bag. At who dropped the popcorn at gmail.com or like, follow, harass us on Twitter at who popcorn or on Instagram at who dropped the popcorn. You can also leave a review on your podcast app and please remember to like and subscribe. You've been listening to Who Dropped the Popcorn. Really appreciate it. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah cheers. Thank you. Everyone. So everyone. good night. Cheers, cheers. cheers. cheers bye. Cheers.